Patrick, the Polini Perspective Podcast. I mean, now back in shutdown mode. I know we're uh, we're going back to March, April, May, June-ish, right? Hey, can you believe this though? Because um, let's start with this, right? Because you know, Governor Larry Hogan. Couple things with Larry Hogan. He's he's been trending. He's made a lot of news in the past week. Yes. Um, are you shocked though? I mean, I am kind of shocked because we sort of all said after the election, there's no way they're going to shut down. Even Dr. Fauci was like, we shouldn't shut down. We shouldn't go back. People are going to revolt. Yet here we are in the state of Maryland, not just the state of Maryland, across the country. I want all your thoughts. I mean, uh, as a, um, and you're a pro-masker. You, you believe in masks. Oh, I, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but well, yet, I, 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 can't, I, I a few things. So clearly there's, a significant increase of cases, positivity rate, and it appears hospitalizations, although hospitalizations are not uniform from state to state, but almost every state at this point, um, except for a few, are seeing some significant increases in positivity rate okay. and certainly caseload, right? So the question is why? Well, clearly I think people have gotten lax, there's COVID fatigue, um, you know, so, so what a lot of these states and in particular some counties are doing is they're they're going back to call so-called phase one, phase one and a half, phase two restrictions. So inside dining's gone from in Maryland seventy-five to fifty, but in Montgomery County fifty to twenty-five. Outdoor gatherings, you know, where they were maybe one hundred and fifty, they're now twenty-five. So basically, if you were going to have an outdoor wedding. Your toast. Indoors, forget it. Uh, so clearly, I think there is some evidence that contact tracing indicates that people congregating in large gatherings, certainly indoors, bars and restaurants, cause some problems. But according to Larry Hogan and the Maryland uh, Department of Health, the main driver of the increased cases is weekend home gatherings. So according to according to Maryland uh, and Larry Hogan and the Department of Health, you know, certainly there's some evidence that, you know, indoor gatherings and, and bars and restaurants and um, are, are causing some of the spike. However, most of it is coming from uh, home gatherings, like whether it's three households getting together in their home, thinking it's okay, playing Parcheesi. Yeah. And- you know, yeah. and drinking wine and thinking it's okay. So I feel bad for some of these restaurants, certainly, you know, ones that have taken all the precautions, everyone's self-distanced, gyms, barbershops, other retail outlets, I think are taking the brunt of it when really, um, I, you know, I think it's mostly, you know, people at home, selfish people at home. I really do. And listen, by no means is everyone perfect. We've tried to do the right things. We've made what we think are the best decisions at times. Sometimes I'm sure we've had too many people uh, or, or people that we probably should not have had over. Uh, but it, it's hard. And you know, the problem is that's very hard to enforce, right? It's easy to say, yeah, we're going to close bars and restaurants at 10, Take out only, no more weddings, parties, parades, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I just don't understand. My my anger is with Montgomery County, the county executive, and the, the Montgomery County Council because two things. One, 
Why are they behind the state? There is no scientific, there's no data, there's no metrics that justify them being less than what the rest of the state is, 50%. Okay, so so tell me this, because like I sent you a story over the week that was essentially from Stanford. They did... Do you consider this science? But they did, by essentially contact tracing, phone tracing, people's last steps before they were diagnosed with COVID. And they claim that the highest places are restaurants, are hotels, places of worship where people get together, um, and then group gatherings. So do you consider that science? Yes. But that's why we're already at 50%. We're not at 100%. Right? We already have a significant decrease in the amount of people that can come in. We have other restrictions where, you know, you have to be self-distanced. You have to wear a mask when you get up from your table. You have to be hopefully with people you are, are from your own home. Uh, there are, listen, a lot of this is self-regulated. You know, if you go to a bar or a restaurant, even if you're self-distanced, but you're meeting another couple there from, you know, four blocks away and you right. don't know who they've been with, well, that, then you're technically not in the spirit of what we should be doing, right? But my point is Larry Hogan and I think the Maryland Department of Health have handled this very, very well. They've tried to balance keeping the economy going, keeping family businesses going, keeping people employed, but also keeping people alive and healthy. I don't understand why Montgomery County is behind the rest of the state. The state's at 50. They should be at 50. Okay. I got you. That's all I'm saying. You know, listen, I think it's, I think all these things have to be kind of reined in. Right. Um, But, you know, speaking of, you know, again, Montgomery County, you know, we did a new story this week and this is going to hit home for you with, with your, with your husband being involved in, in, in soccer heavily. Uh, So, and listen, you're talking to someone who both kids played high-level competitive youth soccer. Yeah. You know, my son was on a team that won the back-to-back state championships. Daughter played in college. Son played in college. So you're talking to a huge soccer person. And I also understand the need for these kids to play so they can get recruited and all that stuff. However, when you're when you're in a county that's locking down restaurants back to 25 – shutting down at 10, religious gatherings minimized, no weddings, no parades, no festivals. Their new executive order that came out on November 10th clearly states twenty maximum 25 people, even outdoor gathering. Okay. Yet, yet they're having what's called the Bethesda Thanksgiving Day soccer tournament. It's a national soccer tournament. It's one of the top three soccer tournaments in the country. Uh, it's the who's who of club soccer. And you have teams coming in from Florida, Texas, Connecticut, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania. They got a special waiver to keep this tournament on. How is that possible? And by the way, Mark Elrich and who's the county exec and the and the, and the Montgomery County Council refused to answer any questions. They must have a kid playing in the tournament. <laughs> or, or honestly, the, the Bethesda Soccer Club is very powerful. But come on, they can't be more powerful than the Restaurant Association. I mean, oh yes, they are. Because you know what? You don't know who's on the board. So there, there is zero rationale. I don't care if you say it's outdoors. You have teams coming in and parents coming in, staying at hotels, 
going to these restaurants that have already been reduced, getting on buses or planes, driving in cars, stopping at rest stops, all in your county, and you're locking down the rest of the county and residents for the most part, there's no justification for this. There's zero. I mean, you've had major sports canceled. By the way, these are the same. This is the same county. No kids allowed to play high school sports. And you cannot get any answers. So far, Fox Five no. has gotten zero answers as zero to how. Answers. Now, wait a minute. I did see Tom Fitzgerald's uh, reporting last night, who said that they have said that this could be canceled at oh, any time. Oh, bullshit. Okay, so they're, you don't believe it's already Wednesday. Teams are starting to arrive tomorrow. <laughs> this is okay. such a bunch of crap. Sarah, listen, I'm all for youth sports and I, you know, but you, you're telling kids they can't play high school football yet. You're having teams come in from Florida, Ohio, and Connecticut for a, for a long weekend with parents congregating up at a field. Stop. This is, this is just, it's hypocrisy at the highest level. Sorry. Tell Dan, I'm sorry. But, <laughs> it's a, you know, look, no, they're dealing with it too. You know, he's over in Virginia, but they're, you yeah, know, listen, dealing with- I understand, you know, like I even said, I said, you know, okay, if you said, okay, any team from any team that's not from Maryland, Virginia, DC can't come. So, like, for example, if you wanted to reshuffle and have, you know, you know, reduce teams per grouping, but only have teams from Virginia come in, okay. They drive, they come in, they play, they go back. How can you explain having parents and, and everyone come from Florida and, and, you know, Okay. So you're, you're, what is your theory on that? Just that, you know, whatever, maybe somebody on the board has influence or sway that this is continued because club sports seem to be continuing in every state, including Virginia. And in fact, the rules are somewhat Here, lax. Here's, here's, here's my thing. I think it's, I, I don't, I think, I think this County has continuous continuously just made arbitrary decisions. Okay. With, with with not baked in science with um for for and basically some of them for political reasons and when i say political i don't mean like republican conservative reasons or democrat i mean for maybe someone's on the board maybe someone's has influence you know who who knows but you know when you're not playing high school sports you're telling these other kids they can't go to school you have kids can't go to school can't uh, play high school sports, and yet you're having thousands of people come in from out of state for a soccer tournament. But isn't, isn't the issue that they they have been doing some contact tracing and and science in the sense that they find that outdoor whether it's soccer or baseball, the chances of the kids contracting it are very very slim. Same with the parents if they're wearing a mask, if they're you know. Okay, so then, so then, why are outdoor why are outdoor gatherings reduced to twenty five in the November tenth executive order? Well, because I'm assuming, okay, like for all these soccer things, right? You know, the, all the clubs and the Bethesda club said, you know, they go around, they tell parents, if you don't wear a mask, you're you're off, you're out of here. But in okay, someone's backyard. And, and say it's 150. Why am I reduced to 25 if I was going to have an outdoor wedding? Because, or- because you know, with private events, people are not going to, they're going to not wear their masks. They don't want to wear their masks. With, with these soccer tournaments and baseball tournaments, the, the rules are very clear. If you don't wear the mask, you're out. I mean, maybe they do that for weddings. Maybe some venues do. But we all know, we all have friends, we all have people that do not believe in the masks. They believe that's political. Um, I, think the, I think the optics are terrible. I think, um, I, ju- I just think that to, to, 
to have that tournament after the November 10th executive order. Now, the, the, the girls' tournament was the weekend before, which was prior to the, to the, to the new order. adjustments. Right? Okay. I mean, the executive order was happening when teams were already here playing. So I understood, I understood that. Uh, listen, I, you know, it is what it is. It's, it's, you know, I'm not going to lose sleep over it at night, but I just think it's extremely hypocritical. And the fact that they can't justify and I will say the, the the executive director of well, they of should be able the to do soccer that. Plex, well, he he or youth soccer. He 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 came on. Yep. And uh, so at least he answered questions. Uh, I don't believe we got a response from the Bethesda Soccer Club, and um, I don't. We certainly I don't believe got a response from anyone from the county as to why they granted that waiver. Um, okay, so in, in we are seeing a lot of reports, you know, we're going back to a second shutdown. A lot of people are now, you know, even more people losing their jobs. I scroll through my Facebook. I'm sure you're seeing it, too. A lot more people saying, you know, because initially they were furloughed. Now they're being laid off. What do you think this means as we head into the holiday season? Do you have any predictions? Because this is nationwide. Well, let's, let's talk some positives. OK, I, you know, you know, listen. We've criticized President Trump for a lot of things on this podcast over the last several years. I will say, you know, his legacy is going to be a few things. And, you know, Supreme Court judges, you know, I I think certainly um, how he handled the COVID response in, in a poor way. But I will say the 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 construction of the warp speed project for vaccines. I mean, you had even CNN giving him credit yesterday. And obviously, he's not directly, you know, creating the vaccine, right? But he they created an environment for these pharmaceutical companies to, in essence, at warp speed, get these through the, the trials, the phases. And now Pfizer announced just this morning that they're ready to submit for FDA approval. They believe that they could have $6 million uh, vaccines by uh, within six weeks, distributed to like nursing homes, first responders, and then the second phase will be the elderly community, those who are compromised. They say it's ninety five percent effective, even, okay. excuse me, even in elderly people. Um, so, listen, you got the Moderna, uh, which they're saying is ninety four point five percent effective. The nice thing about the Moderna. Um, is so the Pfizer vaccine has to stay at I believe ninety negative ninety four degrees Fahrenheit. Okay. Yes. Yes. All right. I was seeing this. Yeah. Which there's a lot of logistics behind that, right? right? And and if it if it doesn't, then it's not effective, and you could be giving people vaccines that actually don't work, which right. that would certainly not be good. The Moderna one does not need to be kept at that temperature. So, I mean, listen. I think you could be looking at April of 21 potentially here where you have 150 million vaccines distributed. And then maybe by, you know, April, May, June of 21, we could get back to, you know, larger gatherings and some concerts and things. Now I do think, I think you're going to be wearing masks for the next year. Okay. I think through all of 21, you're probably going to be wearing masks to see how these vaccines do play out to see if, if we go through another wave, even though people have the vaccines. Uh, but hopefully by the end of 21, you know, we'll, 
we'll be in much better. Listen, if I have to, if I can get a vaccine in April and then wear a mask for the rest of the year and know that only 5% of the population is getting the virus and it's, you know, a select group, um, well, will I you think, get the vaccine? Because that's the other thing. A lot of people are like, I'm going to be front of the line. <laughs> Me too. I'm like, what do you have to lose? I mean, it, the most it's not effective. You know, it's not effective. I mean, I, I, I put my faith in science. They do have to go through the FDA. I think if there are major, major side effects, uh, hopefully they'll scan well, I will those. Say, and the, by, you know, you know, I'm certainly no uh, epidemiologist or researcher. Uh, you know, far, far from it. But I do know early on, I believe some of the top uh, doctors and scientists were saying that they didn't think it was going to be a hard vaccine to come up with. Oh, really? Okay. Because the virus, it's not a, sh- how can I say this? It's a strong virus in the sense that um, it, it can do a lot of damage, right? To you. But it's not a strong virus. It dies quickly. Okay. Right. On surfaces and other. So, and again, I don't know if one correlates to the other, but I, I, I read multiple articles that a lot of the top scientists didn't think it was going to be super hard to come up with a vaccine that, that can mitigate it to, to a certain. I think it's going to become the flu. It certainly was not the flu. And anyone who said it was the flu, obviously, they've been proven immensely wrong i hope it becomes the flu right okay. that yeah we're, we're gonna live with it unfortunately some people will get it uh you'll get sick we'll know how to treat it those who are very compromised unfortunately will you know we'll still have like the flu we'll still have 20 30,000 people a year die um which is what we have now with the flu. Some people will get very sick. Some people will get in, make you know, have to go to the hospital like now. So I, you know, I'm not hoping that, but that's I think where we're. I mean, I mean, I should say I'm actually hoping that's the worst of it, right? Yep. And if we could, if we could be, and then I think we could get back to some 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 normalcy, right? Um. um uh, yeah, no, I I think you're I think you're right, and I hope people are are entertaining getting it for sure. Um, but I'll say this real quick, and then we can move on to some other stuff. I cannot understand the anti-maskers. I I I I'm I, with I, you. I, I don't I, I don't know what the thought process is. I really don't. Now, do I think the that's you know government and i've said this about the county of that i live in have gone overboard some draconian measures just doing things that are you know make you know kind of just appease the public or appease themselves yes do i think government overreach at times is a real thing absolutely but not with wearing a mask that's just that's just idiotic Hey, I mean, I agree with you. I think there's lots of reasons why. I mean, it has been politicized and, you know, President Trump didn't wear one until recently, even after getting it. So I think that, you know, people are followers for the most part. And if you don't have any leadership, you know, now we've gotten to a place that it and we're polarized right now as a country. Um but I'm, I'm curious when, on President Trump, because last week on the show, you had sort of you had said and, and I actually agreed with you, you know, hey, in the next week, we need to see President Trump. He was losing the appeals. He continues to lose the appeals being thrown out by judges across the country for no voter. For, there is no evidence of voter fraud. Um, 
We have not seen him concede. You know, he's a flurry of tweets. Mitch McConnell this morning, I saw an article says that, oh, it'll be a smooth transition, but we don't know any details of that. So what do you think they are still continuing to try to fight this? What do you think is your prediction now? I think it's, it's lunacy. It's conspiracy at the highest level. I think anyone who's peddling it in the media is, 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 um, is just wrong and it's dangerous um you know and i think that um but how does he leave how does how are we going to you know how are you going to get anybody to stand up because mitch mcconnell's still not you know he says that but we're not hearing any movement to me what trump's doing right now you know he's obviously playing to his base He's he's created a conspiracy. It, you know, he's created an environment where now he's trying. This is pro- so even those of us, and I put myself in that category, who tried to find a lot of the positives at times over the four years that I thought Trump did uh, on some policy issues and, and some general conceptual bigger picture issues facing our country those people who were on the fence um maybe voted for biden but still thought trump did some things good with jobs and and things he's losing all of them now so really right now he's playing to his core base and i don't know what the end game is i think it's so in his mind and all his so-called you know cult followers yep think you know he he could leave saying it was rigged which somehow in his mind i don't know makes him feel better or look better or or what have you i don't know i i really don't know what the end game is um but it's sad right now it really is and and it's no one should be peddling this this isn't opinion anymore right yeah this, totally you know so some people are saying oh that's my opinion no this isn't opinion. This race is over. Biden won. There's nowhere near any or enough illegal votes, irregularities to change this election. Yeah. Okay. They found 3,000 votes in Georgia. Not good. Certainly not good. And by the way, we don't know how those votes are going to turn out. It may be 2,000 to 1,000. Okay. Shit happens in elections, right? Some some things, you know, listen. Well, of course, but, it's human error, right? You are going to have some miscounts. But, but we're not talking. If, right. If, and I said this last week. If we were just talking about Georgia and Georgia was, if Trump wins Georgia, he's the president. And if Biden wins Georgia, by no means would I be saying this is lunacy, conspiracy, uh, he needs to concede. No way. Because if it's one state at 10,000 votes, who who knows, right? Right. But it's not. It's Pennsylvania. It's Georgia. It's Nevada. It's Arizona. It's Wisconsin. It's Michigan. He's down 36 electoral votes. Even if you give him Georgia, Nevada, Georgia, Arizona, Georgia, Pennsylvania, he still loses. Yep. It's over. Yeah. It over he's also losing by almost seven million in the popular vote now again that doesn't determine the election and i hate when people say oh well listen at the end of the day the popular vote is meaningless 
And you could debate that forever. But the fact is, he lost. He lost by the same amount that he won, that he called it a landslide four years ago. He has lost by more combined votes in the three closest states than he did four years ago. Like... I know. No, it is. It is getting frustrating. It's getting to this point. You hear a lot of infighting apparently happening um, with the Trump administration. Then, of course, uh, you also hear he wants to bomb a Iran um, nuclear site, uh, which he's being talked out of. I mean, it's it is fucking lunacy at this point. It's like I I cannot even believe it. You know, there are no no briefings for um, president elect Joe Biden. Um, They have not given him any briefings. It's it's just like where, when is somebody high up in the Republican Party really going to make a stand and be like, enough? You know, I mean, this guy has, you know, however you want to do it, yeah, whatever. Listen, Mitch McConnell saying, oh, we'll have a smooth transition is not enough. Yeah. He needs to be saying, President Trump, it's time. President Trump, you need to concede. President Trump, you lost the election. Yeah. That's what he needs to be saying right now. Not, oh, it'll be a smooth transition. Listen, I understand the two Georgia senators who are running who want to so so the Republicans can control the Senate. Sure. Um, I get Mitch is trying to balance that. If there wasn't a runoff, if if my opinion is if David Perdue, who by three three tenths of one percent had gone the other way, he would be the sitting senator from Georgia and the Republicans would already have control of the Senate. I think Mitch McConnell would be much more forceful right now with President Trump. But I think that they're trying to balance. I do too. I think they're they're trying to get through January 5th, to be honest with you, just without upsetting the base in Georgia. And um, so I think that's a, it's a fine line. It's unfortunate that Trump can't concede and also endorse people. See, this shows you the narcissism about Trump. He would rather potentially lose the Senate to save his own mind in the sense that he didn't lose or it was rigged rather than saying, you know, I fought the good fight. 73 million, 74 million people voted for me. I'm going to maybe come back in 2024. I've changed the country. If it wasn't for COVID, I would have won. He could say all those things. I would have won in a landslide, blah, blah, blah. Launch the Trump network. And go down to Georgia and and help those two across the finish line, right? And then, listen, then you got a legacy. You kept the Senate. The R's gained in the House. They picked up a a gubernatorial seat. They they turned three state legislators from from blue to red. Uh, You you know, you had senators like Susan Collins who were dead on arrival win. Um, and, And by the way, you got a vaccine coming. You got three Supreme Court justices and, you know, I think you had 350 conservative judges you put on the the, the courts around the country. I know it it is. Isn't it? I mean, I have to imagine for Republicans like moderate Republicans, even even some Trump people. But I think, you know, reasonable. I mean, it has to be so disheartening to see what's happening, you know, because what will the damage be? Yeah, he he is. He's such a narcissist. It's it's unbelievable i mean it's not unbelievable but it's it's definitely like oh shit you know um for four years we've been trying to understand 
his mindset and we're not going to do it in the next three weeks. Yeah. So. <laughs> right. Right. Um, okay. You want to touch on some sports, um, some, some college sports. I loved your Jim Harbaugh. Um, you know, my husband went to Michigan state. He's not a big, uh, you know, university of Michigan fan. So, um, where do you want to talk about sports anyway? NFL seems to be pretty much on track um, as far as COVID. I think, I, I think the NFL has done a good job, a very good job, actually. I think college football, I mentioned this last week, could be in trouble. Uh, they're talking about potentially sliding the college football playoff because, you know, you know some of these Pac-12 teams still only have one game in or two games. Like, you know, now, granted, they started much later, but uh, you had a lot of games have you know getting canceled. Uh you know, listen, from a college sports standpoint, Jim Harbaugh should be fired. I don't care if he went to Michigan. I don't care if he founded Michigan. I don't care if he owns Michigan. I don't care if he's Newt Rockney. Uh, the guy's been a terrible coach. He he hasn't won one freaking big game. He get he's getting blown out uh, by by you know mid level uh, you know teams. Uh, He's so far behind Ohio State, it's not even close. I mean, he's the Rutgers compared to like Penn. You know, I, I, I know. There's somebody like with golden gloves, right? It's like, who does that dude know? I mean, obviously, I mean, because you're right. It's just well, listen, been he's an old, years. The problem is, you know, you know, if you're the AD and you're the president of the university, you think you just had your next coach for the next 20 years, right? And you know, he you know, co- coached in the pros. Alum, um, well, well thought of, all this stuff, right? But he's not. He's not. And, you know, the recruiting is only going to get harder. You know, the problem for Harbaugh, too, is, you know, I don't know if you remember when he first took over, real quick, he was doing like camps in Alabama. He was doing camps in Florida, trying to recruit. And some of that, you know, he got called out by the NCAA. Oh, yeah. He brought out Tom Brady. Tom Brady was there what? giving big because, endorsements. Because he knows and he, you know, he he knows that recruiting in Ann Arbor, Michigan is not like it was 15, 20 years ago. Okay. It's cold. You know, <laughs> no, no, no. It's, good, it's point. Cold. good point. I don't want to play up there. Yeah, go to Florida. No. Well, listen, there's cold places doing well, like Ohio. But my point is you have Michigan State and Michigan recruiting from a what, what's not a huge athletic, you know, it's not a football country, right? It's not football country. It's not, it's not Florida, Alabama, Georgia, Texas, and so forth. And then, you know, you got Ohio state who's just been cranking. And then, you know, listen, over the last 15, 20 years with, with TV expansion and more, more, more uh, channels picking up college football games these kids are getting exposed to schools you had not heard of, you know, or at least you heard of like the Marshalls and the Tulane's and the Appalachian States and the, you know, so good schools with now good programs. So um, listen, I think he's in trouble. I think he should be fired. I'm not sure they'll do it. I, you know, I think they'll hold on as long as they can. Cause you know, at the end of the day, he's a name and he sells tickets. Yeah, he's but, in it. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see on that front. But um, um, what is your thought? You know, Washington football team, again, um, not doing great. Um, even oh, with Ron, Ron Rivera, who, you know, people had a lot of excitement for. Ron apparently can run the show. Uh, Snyder was stepping back. Of course, we've heard that for like a thousand years in this town. But uh, what do you think about, I mean, I don't know if there's any excitement to talk about with them. I'm going to give Ron Rivera the, 
the benefit of doubt in the sense that he didn't pick Haskins. He clearly didn't think Haskins was the future, and obviously he's not now. You know, now you're on your third string quarterback, which is Alex Smith, who I give a ton of credit to. Oh God, yeah. I don't even know how that dude goes out on the field. He actually had a fantastic game against Detroit this weekend, and and you know had a late drive and shame on the defense. Let Detroit come down and kick a field goal with 16 seconds left. Or not even left. You know, they only had 16 seconds, and they moved the ball about 45 yards uh, to get into field goal range, which which is just crazy. Um, the problem is, you know, the NFN, the NFC East is so bad, and I and I mean this to to you to, to the sports fans out there. I've been saying this for 10 years. The NFL has to change their playoff rules. Right now, if you win your division. And obviously, it's Eagles, Dallas, Washington football team, and the Giants. The Eagles are in first place at three, five, and one. After nine games, they're three, five, and one. They they could win two more games or three more games. They could go six, nine, and one, and they'll probably win the division and get a home playoff game. Explain that to me. You can't. You can't justify it. If you want to have the integrity of, of the playoffs and, and crown a true Super Bowl champion, you cannot let a 6-9-1 and one team into your playoff mix. And then certainly you can't let them get a home game. To me, they have to establish you have to go at least 500, even if you win your division. And so, so for example, if you have six teams going to the playoffs and the sixth team is 10-6 and six, and you win your division at 8-8, eight and eight, okay, you can go. But if you're 7-9 – you don't get to go because the sixth team is better than you. They have to do something like that. Mm. You can't have teams that are six and nine, you know, good, taking a spot from a team that potentially is ten and six or even eleven and five, and and then getting a home game. You're, so you're rewarding a team for being in a crappy division, having a crappy year, with some some playoff game because they won a crappy division. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Um, yeah, I, I, I know most people don't care about that, but it, it's one of my pet peeves that just drives me crazy. Well, no, people are loving sports. You know, I, I don't know what the ratings were for the Masters this past weekend, but I got to imagine a lot of people were watching. Um, yeah, I'm not, I, listen, not a fan, it, it, so it felt different. It certainly Why didn't feel like it fe- just because pandemic. Well, and not even listen, it certainly feels different because there's no fans, okay? But obviously, it's been it was the fall, you had. You had, um, um, you know, threesomes, which, you know, normally on the weekend, you only have twosomes because of the, keep in mind, it was getting dark at 515, 520. That was pretty much it. So they had half. And then on the weekend, the, 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 you know, the bottom half of the field started on the back or, at, you know, so at, they started on the 10th hole because there wasn't enough time. On Sunday, it started at 10 a.m. because obviously CBS had football at 4 o'clock. Yep. The whole thing just felt, listen, DJ, he's great. I was rooting for him. I'm glad he won. Um, you know, he deserved it. He's been the best player for about a year and a half. It's his second major. You know, he had only won the one major, so people are like, oh, you only won one. Well, now he has two. He has, I think, 29. I'm sorry. What was it, 29? Oh, I well. It's, I have no clue. So you're. <laughs> yeah, I, I forget the number. But Our he listeners has, will know. He, he, he tied Gary Player for the most wins 
Uh, yeah, he listen. He, he's now established. I think he was prior to winning. I don't think he needed to win the Masters, but the fact that he won the Masters now, he's. Oh, know, that like solidifies it. Yeah, that's yes, like huge. Uh, let's it's talk really about fun. what's going on with your battle against FedEx. Did did FedEx like take out your mailbox or something? You're you're oh, tweeting. Oh, <laughs> good. I'm glad we brought that up. So I don't know. I just saw you. I saw you on a tear about FedEx. So yeah, so I'm I'm sitting in my office in in, in North Carolina, and um, I see a white. Turned out to be a FedEx fan. It was just an unmarked fan. So I think it's, it turns out it was a contractor. Okay, working for FedEx. Working for Got FedEx. It. Backs out of my neighbor's driveway, which, by the way, why are they pulling in my neighbor's driveway? And boom, there goes my mailbox. <laughs> so, wait, did the guy even stop or he drove right away? So I didn't see him hit the mailbox. So in his defense, he did... He says he came to our door, which he did not, because I was sitting right there. So he went to my neighbor's door and left his supervisor's phone number. Okay. Which, by the way, when I called it, no one answered. No one ever called back. There was a voicemail that said, this mailbox is full or blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and then, by the way, if you ever had property damage from FedEx, it literally is impossible to get somebody on the phone or to respond because everything from a damage standpoint, whether you Google it, 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 it originates from the tracking number and I didn't have a tracking number. They didn't deliver a package to me. So I had to get the, my neighbor's uh. tracking number to start the process. Well, I, I, I say me, my wife did it. Um, so finally we got a claims number. Uh, but I have to submit, like I have to fill out this form. I have to submit an estimate. Ugh. <laughs> I don't need mail. <laughs> okay, okay, you don't need mail. I saw you, I, I thought it was really funny, you tweeted at FedEx, and they were like, hey, you need to follow us on Twitter before we'll respond, and you're like, following? <laughs> I don't think they ever responded. It's like, okay, it's going to take you like eight months to get a new mailbox. What are you going to do, just get one in the meantime, and then... No, and then the, the development I live in, you know... Oh, of course, know. they probably have all kinds of rules. Oh, you got to have the exact one. It's got to be the right color. It has to have the right decals. I'll have a mailbox when we have a vaccine. <laughs> Actually, I think we'll have a full vaccine first before I have a mailbox. Good thing I have all my mail sent up to Maryland. Yeah. So I don't I don't actually get any mail there, which is good. Um, how are you? Feel okay, let's talk some pop culture. Conan O'Brien big announcement yesterday. Now I know you're not a big fan of late night shows. I, I you probably not have, at all. I haven't watched Conan O'Brien in years. I will say Conan is one who I, I liked when he was on network. I really, to be honest, I haven't watched him much since he left uh, late night on, on on network television and went and went to TBS. Um, yeah, I don't really care. You know, listen, you know, the, but I don't. What bothers me is I get you want to joke about politics. I get you want to listen. Telling jokes about politics is has been a thing forever since okay. comedians did stand up. I mean, Carson and, you know, all of them, Chappelle and the best of the best. But to me, the Colbert and Kimmel act is so old, so tired. So. Rant. Yeah. No, it just like. They completely have alienated half the country because it's like enough. You're not funny, number one. You're way too political. Like, 
they can't even tell a normal joke anymore. You know, and and but wait, listen, wait, I, you see, you're privy to ratings. Has, has I thought Stephen Colbert was like killing it on CBS late at night. I mean, isn't that isn't that uh, true? Doesn't he have good not, ratings? Not, so people not in, not in not in Washington D.C. I don't know where he's killing it. But. Okay, okay, and I know for years you've talked. Uh, you know, Jim Loke beats Kimmel every night in the D.C. Yeah. area. Yeah, listen, I think. So you think they've alienated their audiences, the whole political because they I mean, Stephen Colbert cried, I think, when I, um, think, I think the shtick is old. Yeah, listen, I could watch Chappelle rip politicians <laughs> for 12 straight hours. I mean, now, well, granted, he's, he's like not dirty. On, he's not on regular television. Yeah. He can uh, say things that you can't say. On. I get that. Yeah, but, but I just don't think they're funny. Like John Stewart was great, right? John Stewart, he just he did it differently. He was like sarcastic and he was funny and he well, made fun of both sides and he was he, he was and he was the first guy to put politicians on and then make them kind of funny yeah. but yet sarcastic. And actually, listen, and he, Colbert. Colbert on The Daily Show was very good, right? And he had that character basically, but, Stephen. Colbert. But I think. Let's see how they are now under Biden. I think they they both had Trump derangement syndrome and it, and they let it get to them, right? Oh, I think ratings are going to go uh, way down, way down. Don't you think? Because I just I, I think all these political shows. Don't you think they're going to be in trouble? Oh, I think what some are of the political shows? But but I you know, listen. What are they going to have to talk Trump, about? I I think when Trump started running for president, and then the first two years, Trump just when Trump was on, ratings went up. Although I do think there's been a lot of fatigue, news fatigue, uh, network news, national news fatigue in the last several, you know, last year or so. This is great oh. news. P- maybe people are ready for a trashy talk show. I'm so excited. I know. You do well. <laughs> uh, by it's the way, you, I saw you uh, like, great job on Like It or Not last night. <laughs> my favorite show. I love that show so much. Isn't it a great show? It's a great show. We talk about this every time. Now, did you co- did you actually create this in your mind? Because you know, I uh, never uh, thought of you as a TV entertainment, um, you know, executive. Yet, did you come up with that? Because you know, I got to give you some credit. To be honest, I really did. Yep. <laughs> this is like, wow, this is like huge for you. That, you really did a great job. Listen, I, I had say. I had some help when we brainstormed, but I did. No, I, I you know, I mean. So we actually, it's funny, that show came out from, we were, we were trying to do, we actually embarked on a project, real quick. Oh, I want to hear this, because this show is we like tried, a great, it's a great show. So we actually came up with a concept. We still have the, the, the beta, we did multiple beta shows, um, a, a hostless show. Okay. So it was like a hot topic, tr- top trends where literally we created like a clicker, like you would see a hand okay. click the topic, go full screen, video, talk, voiceover. Okay. I might have shown it to you like years ago. I feel like ago. I, I saw this. Okay, yeah, keep going. It was just, the production was just so, we couldn't produce a show every day like that. It was just very overwhelming unless we had a large staff. Uh, so anyway, so that then led into, okay, so we have something here and and kind of, you know, morphed into like it or not. And when we first started like it or not, it was, you know, the, the, the opening segment was political. Okay. And then we quickly quickly realized after, you know, doing a four o'clock news, a five o'clock news, a six o'clock news, a six thirty news, 
that people were kind of tired at seven o'clock. They didn't want politics. So we quickly moved away from politics and listen, our producer, um, Jen and, um, obviously Loke and Marina and Angie and then Brit and, uh, Guy and all the other guests that we have you and so forth. Listen, it just, I mean, Loke is just a great, uh, yeah. Great, great, great host. Like he just he knows at the right time to ask the right questions to move it along. Uh, He's got awesome. A great yeah. It's a great it's the chemistry is so good. Yeah. Yeah. Between Marina and Jim, they really hold it down. And yeah. then they yeah, of course. have other people come in. It's really, really good. Uh, well, speaking of that, I, w- I want to ask you one last thing, though. What are you guys doing for Thanksgiving? As we're being told, you know, you're not supposed to do Thanksgiving. Is your new you know, your future son-in-law coming over? What, what's going on? Your daughter or no or no family? What's happening? No, so actually, it's probably just going to be me, Kristen, and my son. Um, my daughter and her uh, fiance are going to his family. Okay. Um, it's only going to be five of them or six of them, so they'll be well under the ten and and safe. Um, no, so it's just going to be the three of us, really. Okay, low key at the uh, Polini. Low key, yeah, and. Um, yeah, and then Christmas, um, I think we're actually, I think I'm going to be in North Carolina for Christmas. Okay. I've never done Christmas down there, so I think we may may do that. Now's the year. And you saw Jose Cuervo is is sending cardboard cutouts. You know, or now, now, normally you do like a big blowout for all the employees. You give away gifts. Are you going to give away cutouts of yourself this year just to like remind <laughs> us? Of like- yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not thinking many people want to cut out of me, Sarah. Uh, I don't know. I feel like you and Paul McGonigal could just send us yourselves. You know, like, I, mean, that I think just- we should. I think we should do cutouts of everyone on Like It or Not. <laughs> Oh, Patrick, it's too you, fun to give you a hard time. It really what is. Are you, what are you doing for Thanksgiving? Well, I'm going. I'm driving to Detroit tomorrow with my husband to, for his um, <laughs> going into the hot spot of is COVID. That legal? <laughs> I don't know. What's the deal? Is Michigan one of those states that's testing yeah, you? Yeah, I think you have to have like a test. No, you don't. Hours. Not yeah. from Michigan. Yeah. Are you serious? I think she just put it in. So if you enter Stop. Michigan and get pulled over, if you don't, if you can't show that you were negative in the last 72 hours, I think you're, they throw you in jail. Oh, you were lying. Okay. You're giving me a hard time. Okay. Well, we're heading to my mother-in-law's. We're going there. We're doing the same thing. Only like. How many people? There'll only be like seven of us total. Oh, Dan's two that's... brothers, wife. They, uh, are, they, they have all a getting, boy. Are, are they all getting tested before they come? <sighs> no, we are not. No. So this is dangerous. You're going into dangerous territory. Well, well, how is it dangerous though? I mean, you, we're not going to go are, into a gathering. You're like the Karen on the weekend who just <laughs> the Karen. Okay. Oh, great. Give me a label of Karen. Terrific. Um, no, we're we're supposed to go there. We are a little nervous, but we're all going to wear masks inside. Um, no, you're not. What, we are. Okay. No, I will send photos. We'll be wearing masks. As you're drinking, as you're drink are you drinking again yet? No, I'm 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 not really drinking a lot. You know, I mean it maybe I'll have to have a few drinks. I mean does Dan drink? Yeah, uh, yes. He is a craft beer connoisseur. Yes, Dan, I'm sure will be drinking a lot. He's yes. skinny though, right? And now he's gotten yes, now he's because you know, he's plant based. So he doesn't like, you know, he just eats all these like greens. So now he's like thin and he, and he loves he a like microbrew. What's he like? A, <laughs> he just sees plants. He's an emo, you know, vegetarian dinosaur. So who, yes. Who just eats plants? 
uh, my husband, he eats like, and he'll graze. I've never understood this snack. Now he will eat just cut up red peppers. It's like, who eats that? It's not with hummus, just like plain. I'm like, who eats red peppers and carrot sticks? That is the so most. He, so he's totally vegan? Uh, uh, well, not he'll eat dairy. So he will do like, he'll do pizza. He can't get away from like a good slice of pizza. But he will eat. Yeah, his snacks during the day consist of like raw almonds and red carrot sticks. I, I don't trust people that don't have a steak. <laughs> Okay. Well, what are you eating these days? You normally you're entertaining anything us. and everything that oh, comes in front of me. Oh, okay. We're oh, just... I mean, oh, I um, my problem is bread. Like, you know, I think I do well, but so I was driving out of you know, I pass a I pass a bagel shop that's good. I have to get a bagel. Like, I'm just like I, I have you can't no go by power. it. No, I really don't. Like, I just my. I love pizza. I mean, listen, I don't have to eat pasta. I don't, but you know, I, I just, I make bad decisions. And then when I eat healthy, like I'll have a salmon and some, you know, two veggies feeling good. And then, you know, I'm eating Oreos at nine 30 at night. It's just like, <laughs> well, what am I doing here? <laughs> um, Patrick, your endless entertainment. Uh, this, okay. So, you know, it's going to be an interesting couple of weeks for sure. Are we doing a podcast Thanksgiving week? What's your, what's your schedule? Are you, is, yeah. are you uh, going to be in Detroit? Yeah. But I mean, I'm, I'm doing podcasts yeah. everywhere. I'm really enjoying getting more into politics, you know? I mean, next, t- next Tuesday we'll do one. We got to become like the Bill Maher of podcasting, you know? Let's go. I, I really enjoy, I, we should have gotten into Obama on 60 minutes who I thought was so great. And I liked Bill Maher's rant on the Democrats. It was really good. Yeah, we, well, you got to get into a lot of stuff. Listen, Obama, I, you know, he, he, he's smooth. You don't buy all his BS, though, do you? I don't. I don't. I don't. Listen, I think he's a, listen, he seems like a very nice man. Very, like. Yeah, he's a class act, for sure. Class act, family guy, all that stuff. So I have no, nothing negative in here. I, I just, everything that comes out of his mouth is like, I, I just think that. He's got that aura like Bill Clinton did and that people just believe everything that comes out of his mouth and they don't question it. And it's like no one calls bullshit on what he says. And, I, you know, I think he's just... Listen, 60 he's Minutes orator. certainly didn't. They, they had very oh. few... Obje- they they, they uh, basically no, let him... Wait, no, no one did for eight years when he was president. <laughs> <laughs> but listen, he, he has that... Yeah, I told you this real quick. I met Bill Clinton in buffalo new york for the first time I met him a couple times but the first time was in buffalo new york when hillary was running for new york state senate and i was in a room and he it was at the at the time it was called the marine midland arena i believe he came in and uh i mean he like you he's just he's he, got he, that he personality had, it factor. he has that it factor right yeah. i mean he certainly did back then i don't know if he still has it but he came in a room and it was, and, and listen, it, it was just different, right? It was just different. And I think Obama clearly has that, right? You know, Obama comes in a room, like I'd like to have dinner with Obama. Right. Like, I mean, he's someone you'd like to have a couple drinks with, you know, dinner, uh, hang out. Um, 
and hope he's as cool as he comes across, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, when you have that personality, I think people don't question you as much, right? Because there's like a cool confidence. You you come across as sort of humble, um, you know, and he certainly seems to own up to some mistakes, although they, they said to him, you know, is it been a you know, should you have come out against Trump earlier? He never really answered that question. Um, so he's great at deflecting, I think, too, which, you know, then yeah, people... What's interesting about him, though, he, people he's... Now, clearly, Biden, this time, he campaigned for and he won. But prior to that, and I'm not sure Obama really pushed Biden over. I think Biden was going to win, you know, post-COVID anyway. Um, but, you know, I mean... Obama went after, I mean, he he campaigned so hard for Hillary and couldn't get her over the finish line. And then I think there was a couple senators that he campaigned for really hard that year and couldn't get them over the finish line. So it's interesting that sometimes, you know, I think he's also someone who he has the it factor, but I'm not sure it rubs off on other people that he kind of endorses, which is kind of, which is interesting. So, uh, but he's definitely someone that, you know, you'd like to have a, a oh, yeah. dinner, uh, hang out, talk about a few things. Um, yeah, listen, I, I, he, he seems like a good guy. Yeah. I just think I just think he gets to say what he wants and no one questions. Him. You don't see many interviews. I mean, Chris Wallace interviewing him. And I know I'm sure Chris Wallace has interviewed him in the past, but that'd be somebody good that like I'd love to hear, you know, call him well, on policy. Listen, he's very smart. He's yeah. very smooth. He's very you know, articulate. He's quick on his feet. So even if it was a hard interview, he, he could deflect. He can move and, you know, you know, and that's fine. I don't mind that. I just want the questions asked or the follow-up asked. Now, listen, the 60 Minutes was for his memoir. They don't need to do a hard interview there, and nor, nor should they necessarily, right? I mean, he's long gone as president. Uh, but I think as president, he did. He was able to kind of... Yeah, there's say, bias. There is bias, yeah. I mean, I, not even that. I just think he was like, he's someone you were in awe of or you liked or you wanted to hope did well, so... I think many in, in the press kind of gave him a pass, right? So, um, uh, whatever. Um, all right, Patrick. It's Patrick, right, GM Fox 5 DC, on your Twitter. Yep. Um, okay, we'll be back next week. We'll be back next week, Sarah. Have a great one. You too.